0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gain the Fan podcast. This week, we're going to get a, into a little bit of basketball talk. That's right, tonight, I'm recording this on Wednesday night. That's right, tonight is the start of the NBA Finals. We've got a really, really intriguing matchup between the Lakers and the Heat. And I'm super, super excited for this matchup. I think we've had an excellent NBA playoffs and in the bubble into the regular season up into the playoffs we've had a great stretch of basketball i mean i i don't think we could have asked for a more entertaining uh past two months of nba basketball after we thought the season was going to be ripped away from us but without further ado i want to break down this nba finals matchup (laughs) So before we can really uh, start analyzing this on a deeper level, uh, first things first is what this title means for LeBron James. I mean, the NBA Finals just happened to coincide with the MLB playoffs this year and the NFL playoffs, or not not the NFL playoffs, but the NFL regular season, which is not ideal for viewership, but... Um, but if there's one positive thing the NBA has going for it right now and drawing eyes to the game it's that LeBron James is in the NBA finals and as the as the league's biggest name LeBron James his his name just transcends the the game of basketball itself I mean so many people know who LeBron is and, and will turn the TV on to watch him play you know regardless of their fans of basketball or not so so I feel like our conversation has to start there with LeBron um, and just what this could mean for his legacy because, you know, obviously, every time LeBron makes the finals, I think the whole the whole legacy and greatest of all time discussion comes up. And this would be LeBron James's fourth championship if he were to win this season. And I just, I think there is something to be said for the insane run lebron has been on throughout his career and i don't want to get into the whole lebron versus jordan debate because i'm personally of the opinion michael jordan is the greatest player of all time but and i and i think most people probably fall in that camp too but i feel like lebron takes so much he just takes so much heat for um for the era that he plays in, for the decisions that he's made in leaving different teams. Um, and a lot of times it nullifies his greatness because of some of these distractors that I think people like to throw in the face of, of LeBron's greatness. So I, I just want to point some of these things out. So this is this is LeBron's 10th finals appearance in his career. Um, let's see, he was drafted in 03. So this is his 17th the 16th or 17th season in the nba out of the 16 seasons that he's played in the nba he has reached the finals 10 times now that's insane that's insane so the other the other thing that goes along with this is that he has been to more nba finals he is he has had more nba finals appearances than 27 yes you heard that right 27 other nba franchises that this one guy, just one guy, LeBron James, has been there more times than 27 other NBA franchises. And listen, you can say what you want about the competition that he's faced or, again, the era that he's played in or the fact that he's, had, he's gotten the chance to pick all of the talent that gets to play with him throughout his career. But that is something you, in my mind, cannot take away from LeBron James and, and the fact that he has dominated this league throughout the bulk of his career which when you talk about the greatest of all time few other people have done this I mean the only name that that can that I can really think of who has had this kind of dominance over the league would be Bill Russell and um and man was the game different back then so um it may be different now but I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing for LeBron um I think you know his his path to the finals playing in the eastern conference for so many years that where there was never really a true competitor it was it was the boston celtics early in his career and he couldn't get over the hump and then once that team um kind of got got older and and they weren't as competitive anymore lebron just completely took over the reins of the eastern conference so there was never that there was never that giant in the way of LeBron in the East um, throughout much of his dominant run while he was playing with the Heat and with the Cavaliers. And that's something that, that Michael Jordan definitely faced. He, def- he definitely faced a competitive Eastern Conference every single playoff run that he was out there, Um, more so than I think LeBron did. But I think uh, you got to counterbalance that with the fact that I, I think LeBron, throughout his his dominant run in the NBA has faced more competitive, more dominant teams in the NBA finals than any of these other greatest of all time. Um, you know, you MJ MJ six for six in the finals, you can't take that away from him. But I can't think of um I can't think of one team that he faced in the finals that was greater than the most difficult team that LeBron ever faced in the finals you got to you got to keep in mind LeBron not only did he go up against the Greg Popovich Spurs dynasty in the early in the early parts of his career in the finals I think he faced the Spurs 3 times in the finals under under Greg Popovich um, he also went up against the uh what well, what was the record I gosh I'm bl- the 73 and 9 Warriors Which was the team that the Warriors team that he beat in the finals, and then he also went up against what I think is probably the greatest team of all time in the Kevin Durant led Golden State Warriors with the four All Stars uh, that won the 2017 and 2018 NBA Finals. So I I just don't think anyone's ever faced that kind of competition. So when you wanna when you wanna knock LeBron for the finals losses, loss after loss for all these appearances he's his rec- his finals record is three and six he's got a chance to bring that to four and six this year um i think you do have to keep in mind the competition that he faced and just like you know you can point to the record but i think the 10 finals appearances speaks for itself so i think the whole lebron legacy thing is going to be brought up a lot throughout this finals Throughout this NBA Finals, and if it starts looking ugly for the Lakers for whatever reason, and LeBron does happen to lose another title, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a knock against his resume, but we I think it's ridiculous to disqualify him from you know this greatest of all time discussion just because of another finals loss. Like you make ten NBA finals, you're going to be top five all time in my mind. I think he solidifies that stance. And you know, when you got guys like Paul Pierce saying that he's not even top five all time, it's like, man, get get real. Like that that that's just ridiculous. He I think he has solidified his spot in the top five long before this, but especially now. But we're gonna also talk about this matchup itself because people are honestly they're they're ecstatic for this series. So let's get into the keys for each team the lakers and the heat as we head into the nba finals all right let's talk about the keys for the lakers as we head into the nba finals so i think the obvious takeaway from this lakers run in the playoffs so by the and and by the way they are let me think 12 and 3 in the playoffs uh you know winning four series and only losing one game in each series the obvious takeaway has been that Anthony Davis is an absolute beast and that he is kind of the key for the Lakers in every game I know that in game five of the Western Conference Finals it was LeBron that just absolutely took over and and put in a vintage LeBron performance where he had like 38 and, and a triple double on top of that but the key factor for the Lakers is Anthony Davis LeBron has never played with a teammate like Anthony Davis. You could see you could say that Dwayne Wade is the best player that LeBron's ever played with and in his prime he probably was, but Anthony Davis is unlike anyone else when you consider he's really the only dominant big that LeBron has ever played with and I mean he might be the best player LeBron's ever played with when when someone like Anthony Davis is as dominant offensively as he is and can take the pressure off of LeBron in major moments of a game. I think that's huge. And especially for LeBron at this stage of his career, we saw it in those last couple of years in Cleveland where in LeBron, it seemed like he had no help, especially the year that he was without Kyrie Irving. um, And it was kind of just LeBron and a bunch of guys. Like there's no way you are getting to the finals and winning the finals. Um, at this point in LeBron's career with him as the sole guy, the only major offensive contributor. And when you look at the way this Lakers team is constructed, definitely not gonna happen. I mean you have got to have and it, you've got to have amazing performances from Anthony Davis. So so the first key to the Lakers to me get Anthony Davis going early. Uh, he's the most important player in this series and this if Anthony Davis can get his shots early in a game and start picking apart that Miami's own defense early in a game that allows LeBron James to then pick his spots on offense because he's going to be tasked with guarding a lot of the wing scores that that Miami has and and kind of chasing perimeter threes uh, that Miami is fond of, of shooting so at this point in his career we've seen it LeBron is more prone to picking his spots in a game as opposed to completely taking over game in and game out. And having Anthony Davis get going early is is crucial for the Lakers because there's no one else on this team I think that can do it other than, other than LeBron James and Anthony Davis, obviously. Um, the next key would be they got to lock down Miami's guards. So when you look at the three games this postseason that the Lakers have lost, they have come at the hands of truly, truly spectacular and dominant performances from a guard. So in the first series, it was Damian Lillard going off in, in game one of that series and that, that propelled the Blazers to a win. In, in the series against the Rockets, it was James Harden doing the same thing. And then uh, last series, I think it was game three in the Western Conference Finals where the Nuggets pulled out a win against the Lakers it was Jamal Murray having a spectacular performance and and these were you know truly spectacular performances from these guys so it was it, it wasn't like yeah these, these were just really great performances from those guards so the key again the key again here for for the the key here for the Lakers has got to be their perimeter defense um it's, I'm telling you what, I, when you look at this Miami roster and the amount of guys that can score from the perimeter, they may not always have it on, but they can they have that ability. And you run down the line of Jimmy Butler or Goran Dragic or Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson and Jay Crowder's hitting threes. And, and you know, the list goes on and on. um I don't think the Lakers have faced a team this deep like that. I know Houston's got a lot of guys who can shoot, but I mean you're look you're talking about probably three or four guys on any given night that can create their own shot for the Miami Heat. And LeBron's obviously going to be tasked with guarding some of them. Anthony Davis might be tasked with guarding some of them too. But the issue is he's probably going to be guarding Bam out of bio for most of the series. You're looking now at Alex Caruso, Contavious Caldwell Pope um Rajan Rondo you you're looking at these guys to get big stops in big moments against these guys cuz I I'm not saying that these heat players are all going to show up because you know after starting out so hot it was kind of hit or miss for some of these guys like like a Duncan Robinson or or someone but they have that potential to all be firing on all cylinders all at the same time and so They've got to prevent those dominant performances from a guard uh, when there's so many that are capable of doing it for the Heat. Um, and then the third key for me, they got to get one of the other guys going. So I, I looked at the box scores and, and I wa- I've watched this Lakers team play in the playoffs. And you know when you look at the box scores, though, at the end of most of their playoff games, it's LeBron and AD combining for 40 to 50 points or so and then there's probably only like two other guys that have scored in double digits. You know, whether it's KCP or Dwight Howard or Danny Green or Caruso, like it varies night to night Kuzma, but it's got to be consistent in this series. I I really believe that to win an NBA championship, you have got to have a true a truly deep roster. You got to have guys who can score from from all over the place right um you gotta you gotta have guys who can score from spots one through nine on your roster right and this Lakers team has gotten some inspiring performances out of these guys from time to time but I think coming into the bubble what everyone was concerned about with this Lakers team is are they do they have enough guys like the addition of Rajon Rondo midway through the playoffs was huge for the Lakers right so He comes back in from injuring his thumb, and there was a couple games in the Houston series and in the Denver series, too, where he kind of took over the offense when LeBron or AD was not out on the court. And he didn't do that in every game, but the the games that he did it in was huge for the Lakers. They've got to have someone going in every game. This Miami defense is no joke. Now, I know they have not faced a duo like LeBron and Anthony Davis in this in this playoffs yet and I think that's gonna that's gonna show as a problem early but nonetheless you got to respect what they've done so far and if they are able to find a way to at least slow down LeBron and Anthony Davis and then they are able to truly lock down the other guys the Lakers are in trouble because you have got you can't just rely on two guys I mean even even in LeBron's greatest teams with with Dwayne Wade or with Kyrie Irving they had to have other guys like the the that heat team didn't start winning until they got the random guys to start chipping in, you know, even besides Chris Bosh, but like when they got Birdman uh I can't Chris Anderson, that's what that's what his name is. Yeah, I always forget his name or or Shane Battier to join that team and, and start hitting clutch shots. Uh Mario Chalmers start chipping in and hitting shots and then and then when he was in Cleveland, you know, it took the big the bigger games, you know, for a role player from Tristan Thompson or from J.R. Smith or from Kevin Love at that point. So it's been repeated throughout NBA history that you got to have more than just two guys. You can have more than one guy. You got to have you probably got to have two superstars and you got to have more than just those two guys scoring. And that is that's going to be the the ultimate test for the Lakers is can they get that kind of production out of a third or fourth guy on this roster. All right, let's get to the keys for the Miami Heat, the Cinderella story of the NBA bubble. Like, it is kind of insane coming into the bubble. I think everyone's finals predictions were probably like Clippers or the Lakers coming out of the West, hands down. And then the East was a little more up in the air, but I think I heard a lot more of Milwaukee, Boston, Toronto than I ever did of Miami. Um, what they have done in the playoffs is nothing short of jaw dropping that this team that Jimmy Butler decided to sign with in the off season, technically it was a sign and trade, but he wanted to go to Miami, um, that he chose that had no real proven talent on it other than, other than Goran Dragic and and maybe a couple bench guys here and there. It was all rookies. It, It was all rookies or second year players like Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, and to see what they have evolved from, from what they were in the regular season to what they are in the playoffs now, is just incredible, I mean, these are the kind of stories that all sports fans love, I mean, people, you you love to see this stuff, a a guy's coming out of nowhere, Tyler Hero scoring the most points in a playoff game for a 20-year-old since Magic Johnson, I mean, that's awesome, so, the fact that they're even here is, you know, they they wrecked the they wrecked the NBA playoffs, they wrecked the NBA finals by just being here. So, I think we hit first, you know, I I think sports fans are gonna get super into this Miami Heat team and might have to temper expectations against a LeBron James led team in the NBA finals, but nonetheless, the keys for the Heat, uh, first it starts with Bam Adebayo who has been their x factor all playoffs long. I mean, he's locked down. He's locked down the other team's best player throughout the postseason. Uh, that no don't get me wrong, their zone defense has been arguably one of the most effective strategies that a coach has implemented in the in the entire playoffs. But Bam Adebayo anchors that he anchors that defense, right? So they can play the zone because Bam is sitting there in the paint as the guy ready to challenge shots. And um, but also if they're not playing zone, he can come out and switch and play on the perimeter. Guys, like he's so versatile as a defender and as a as a big, especially even though he's not really big, but he plays the modern day center. I mean, he's so versatile. He can guard almost any position, and I think that's what the NBA is turning it into right but in this series he's not gonna be afforded really the luxury I think of getting it being able to switch on anybody he's his task is can you guard Anthony Davis um while Bam is he, he's athletic and he's slender and he's got an incredible shot blocking ability all things that you want on Anthony Davis uh ad is just different I mean he he is a top six or seven player in the league and Bam Adebayo is not going to shut him down but he can make things more difficult for him right um the interesting thing about Miami's defense too is what what happens if they if they want to double right if you want to send Bam and one other guy on Anthony Davis what what's AD going to do with the ball can the Lakers trust in some of their role players to make shots if you double LeBron and if you double AD but regardless uh bam is the frontline defender right he's the guy i'm throwing at anthony davis to start every game i want him shadowing him for as long as he can and i want to see can he actually cause problems for anthony davis not not shut him down but can he slow him enough that it takes him out of rhythm a little bit the next key for the heat is hitting the three-point shot so they are they've been one of the best three-point shooting teams in the playoffs and uh, this is another team that has only lost. Oh, okay, they've lost four games in the playoffs. Oh wait, you know what? No, no, I'm wrong. They've only they've only lost three games. They they l- swept the Pacers, lost once to the Bucks, and then lost twice to the Celtics. So, um, I think I think both the Heat and Lakers are coming into the series at twelve and three. And the three games that the Heat have lost in this postseason they did not shoot the three-point ball very well they probably I think they shot like just under 30 percent from three and that's kind of the way the league is going I know I know that the three-point shot has taken over the game and in, in in some ways but that being said if the heat don't flame out no pun intended on behind the three-point arc I the Lakers are in trouble because the Lakers don't have that kind of three-point shooting to catch up on their own end. And that's why I was talking earlier about how important it is for the Lakers to find guys to guard all of these all of these guards that are on the Miami Heat team that can shoot the ball well. Um but again, if you look if you go back and let the records show, the Heat have struggled to win games in the postseason when they don't hit the three-point shot. That is their crutch. And it's not like a Rockets thing where that's the only shot they take, but that is what propels them above other teams. You know, Jimmy Butler is spectacular, but he's got to have this supporting cast that he has right now in Miami to win a title because he doesn't have a true bona fide second superstar just yet. Okay, the third key, we're going to... I was just talking about him. Jimmy Butler is... I think the X-Fact, I, I mean, I know uh, it's so hard. I, there's so many X-Factors, right? But but Jimmy Butler is so important to this Miami Heat team. And I think he's been a little, uh, you know, almost passed over when you talk about the Heat because this is such a collective group effort every time the Heat win, right? But Jimmy Butler couldn't be, I I couldn't be happier for him as a, as a Bulls fan to see him at this point in his career. But also he's the guy you want in the NBA finals, right? I mean like sure, he may not be my first pick to win a to lead a championship team, but he's he's definitely who I want on the floor out of guys who can hit clutch shots in big moments. I've seen him do it. He did it plenty of times in Chicago. He did it in in Philly too. If you go back and watch game 7 of the Sixers and Raptors semifinals series in the Eastern Conference last season, if it weren't for Kawhi's shot bouncing in five after five bounces, right? Um, Jimmy Butler was the closer in that game, and he got the Sixers the lead before that shot. Um, he's been this guy his entire career. He's been this guy his entire career, and so Jimmy Butler has to be the aggressor in this series. That's the other... Uh, underlying theme of a Miami Heat loss in this year's postseason has been um, not that Jimmy Butler disappears or anything like that, but he is not as effective as you would want him to be in the losses, right? Like there, he, he scores under 20. I think he scored under 20 points in every game that the Heat have lost in the playoffs. And while he's not the most prolific scorer, you need him to lead your team in scoring on most nights. If you're the Miami Heat. And then you let you let Dragic or Hero or Bam going off. Just be a, a secondary addition. Jimmy Butler. Not only does he have to be the aggressor on offense. But he has to be the aggressor on defense too. He is. I've seen him guard LeBron James before. When he was playing for the Bulls. And he didn't lock down LeBron James. But he gave LeBron more problems than anyone else on the team could. Or for that matter many other guys in the league. Um, there, there's been so many debates for who's the LeBron stopper throughout his career. And Andre Iguodala, who's also on this heat team has been one of them. Um, the fact that they have him is actually huge, but Jimmy Butler does a a tremendous job at guarding LeBron James. And so he's going to be tasked with carrying the offensive burden for the heat on the offensive possessions and then being the guy that shadows LeBron on defense when they're not playing zone. Now they very well could could play lots of zone against the against the Lakers, but I doubt it will be all the time because LeBron is too smart to lose to a zone. I just I just think he's just an intelligent basketball player. So that's a key for the Heat. I mean, they have got to get big 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 minutes out of Jimmy Butler. The other thing too is I was just saying that you can't win a series without Without two bona fide superstars, right? I think I think you can win an an NBA championship by getting star like performances out of two guys, right? So like if we looked at last year's Toronto Raptors team, it's gonna be hard to tell me that Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam or Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry were the two bona fide superstars, right? Kawhi is a superstar. Siakam and Lowry, they're not superstars, but Lowry played like a superstar in the NBA Finals last year, and the Raptors needed that in order to win, even against a banged-up Warriors team, right? There have been moments in these playoffs where Bam or Tyler Hero or Goran Dragic have played like superstars. They may not be superstars inherently because they don't do it consistently, but there have been moments in which they've played like one. And, you know, if Butler balls out every game of this series and he gets a superstar like performance from bam one night and then another performance like that out of hero or another performance like that out of Dragic. i think that i think that he could win the series i mean they really could this is in my mind the deepest team in basketball um i'm gonna get to my prediction now so i i <laughs> This is this crazy for i i just i usually make the safe picks on everything but i'm going to pick the Miami Heat to win this series i i love this team obviously I, i'm a huge jimmy butler guy but the lakers don't have the depth that the heat do and i don't think it's all about depth but the heat just have the right pieces man i mean they've got shooting they've got A tremendous head coach. They've got a closer in Jimmy Butler and a superstar in Jimmy Butler. They've got guys who can play like a superstar. And I said it earlier, but Eric Spolstra is just one of the best head coaches in the NBA and a really, really smart head coach that's going to know what to do against this Lakers lineup. I think when you factor that all together and the fact that the Lakers, they've kind of skated through this postseason without playing that team like Miami that's just full of dogs right they haven't played a team that is so complete both offensively and defensively because the Nuggets as great as they had as great of a run as they had this postseason were not a good defensive team as as electric as the Rockets offense was they definitely weren't (laughs) you definitely weren't predicting the Rockets to go anywhere in the postseason when James Harden has never done it consistently enough in the postseason to get them anywhere and yeah we're not going to include the the Blazers in this but they haven't faced anyone like the Heat yet they haven't faced a defensive team like the Heat yet this postseason who can also you know go off on any given night on offense and the fact that they can't turn to a third guy positively for sure to get them buckets I think that's a problem and I think not having like I'm like like if I just went through the roster right now, LeBron, AD, Rondo, Caruso, KCP, Danny Green, Dwight Howard, Javale McGee. That's eight eight guys that I'm confident in getting playing time. Oh, Kyle Kuzma is the ninth guy. Forgot about forgot about Kuzma. I if I compare that with the with what the Heat have one to nine, which is Butler. Adebayo, Drogic, Hero, Robinson, Crowder, Iguodala. Maybe we get some some Kelly O'Linick. That's that's eight guys. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Kendrick Nunn. If you if you're gonna tell me to compare those two, I'm way more confident in the Heat in the Heats guys uh one through nine than I am of the Lakers. And I know the Heats guys haven't necessarily been there before, but they've got the leadership in spolstra and in Butler that I think they need. And I think the Lakers lack of depth will hurt them. I mean I truly believe you need a deep roster full of um not just experienced veterans, but you know of, of guys who can create shots and and play valuable minutes. And unfortunately the Lakers haven't got a lot of that. They've kind of just been skating by on dominant performances from LeBron and AD and I think that's great but I don't know if that wins a title honestly. So I'm going Miami Heat in 6 to win an NBA championship. I don't think if it if it gets to 7 games LeBron's not losing a game 7 but the Heat could close it out in 6. Um that's my prediction. We'll see what happens tonight game 1. By the time this episode airs I might look like a fool but Those are the keys to the NBA Finals. Now, now let's talk briefly some Chicago Bears football. Third down and eight with the Bears already in field goal range. The pass is caught in the end zone for a touchdown by Anthony Miller. The Chicago Bears take the lead with a minute 53 seconds remaining. So I mentioned it earlier. Huge, huge Bears fan, and I, I've i heard all the comments, you know, all my all my buddies, and then all the news, all the media conglomerates out there, right? All week long, all you hear, the Bears are the worst 3-0 team in football. They've played such a lousy schedule. You, you're really going to be excited about coming back and beating the Falcons? And you're right. I mean, look, everyone's got a point. Everyone's got a point. I I'm not gonna put too much weight in the Bears beating three teams who Three teams who just aren't that good. Alright, I'm not gonna put too much weight in the win so far, but You're telling me I think everyone knew at some point this season when Mitch Trubisky was named the starter of this team after a season last year in which he his game just completely fell apart he completely regressed and he wasn't that great before then either you're telling me in a season in which Mitch Trubisky is named the starter and you just this offseason traded for Nick Foles Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles that that Nick was just gonna ride the bench the whole time no no we all knew we all knew this was coming at some point you name Mitch Trubisky the starter, so that you have some hope to fall back on in Nick Foles when things start going awry with Mitch Trubisky. All right, you you don't start Nick Foles, and then if Nick gets hurt or if for some reason Foles isn't in playing up to that Super Bowl MVP caliber, you know you don't want to tell your fan base it's okay. We've got Mitch Trubisky coming in to save us because we all know that might work for a game or two. That might work against the Lions. But that's not working for the whole schedule so you're telling me that in this season in which we've got Mr. Biskey name starter week one but Nick Foles on the bench and we've already made the quarterback change in week three and we're three and oh that's amazing are you kidding me that's like ideal that is dream scenario because in my mind what, what I'm thinking is look this is a good team I think the Bears have one of the better defenses in the NFL. Although, so far this season, I'm a little worried about them. Um, you got one of the better defenses in the NFL. And you've got an offensive coach like Matt Nagy coaching up this offense with a better offensive line this year and a better run game this year. Um, but they're not great, all right? And they're, they're not up to the same level as some of these other superpowers in the NFC, right? So you, you, you're telling me this. Going into the season with Mitch as a starter in week one, I'm thinking, you know, we're probably gonna lose a good amount of games before Foles comes in as the starter, right? Like it's probably gonna take because Ryan Pace loves Trubisky so much, uh, it's gonna take him to really, really flame out uh before he's benched. We might be like four and four, right? He- heading into the halfway point of the season. But instead, we're three and oh. We're three and oh, and now Foles is our starter. And also, they named Foles the starter for week four so quick after game, week three. it was it, It's like it wasn't even a question. So that tells me that head coach, Matt Nagy, he, he's been wanting this, all right? The, Foles was his guy, and they were just playing it down throughout the whole offseason, right? They were just playing it down, like, oh, we Mitch is our guy, Mitch is our guy. No, Foles is the guy. And so here's the deal. Do I think that we are as good of a team as we project to be on on paper right now as three you know the the only undefeated teams in the nfc are the packers seahawks and us the bears and are you am i telling you we're a top three team in the nfc no definitely not okay this defense has got to play a whole lot better to be even mentioned in that category and then on top of that this offense needs to prove it can do more um than what it did in the little amount of time we saw Nick Foles play in the comeback against a Falcons team who just, they prefer to blow leads than win games. So no, I'm not telling you they are in that elite category, but before the season, I did not think the bears are going to make the playoffs. Did not think they were going to make the playoffs, even with an expanded playoff, um, even, even with an expanded number of playoff spots available. I thought the NFC is loaded. They always are every year, and there's just too many other good teams in the NFC. But here we are, 3-0. We've already made the quarterback change. Nick Foles looking like the former Philadelphia Eagle Nick Foles, who is playing in the same system that he was playing in Philly because he's got Matt Nagy as his head coach. Nagy and Eagles coach Doc Peterson, they both come, or not Doc, Doug Peterson, both come from Kansas City so they're running the same offense essentially right you're telling me we're 3-0 Nick Foles is our starting quarterback and if you look at the rest of our schedule it ain't that hard and then if you look at the rest of the NFC right now you've got the Niners who are decimated with injury you've got a really loaded NFC West okay we're going to leave the NFC West alone for a little bit but you've got the Saints who are struggling you've got a Buccaneers team who looks eh they look aight for a Tom Brady-led team, they look aight to me. You've got the NFC Least, who is the worst division of football I've seen in a while, and I thought they were bad last year. There's not one team there that I think confidently about, right? You look at the landscape of the NFC, and all of a sudden, oh shoot, yeah, the Bears could make the playoffs. And in our division, too, in which the Vikings have completely wet the bed this season, right? They're 0-3, and the Lions, who, you know, they're a talented football team for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat us in the second matchup of the season this year. But nonetheless, this NFC is not as loaded as I originally thought it was going to be. So we've, we're have we 3-0 and already. And we've got the quarterback that our coach wanted. And our schedule is pretty light the rest of the way. Now, I'm not saying... I'm not saying that we're going to win the NFC North. The Packers are a complete juggernaut and are probably going to win the NFC North. But for everybody throwing shade out there right now and say, oh, the Bears suck. It's just it's just an easy schedule, soft schedule at the beginning. They beat a bunch of bad teams. We're going to make the playoffs. The, I'm just telling you now, the Chicago Bears are going to make the playoffs. And when everyone starts losing their minds when they make the playoffs, it, it, just, just remember, it, it wasn't that hard to see. It wasn't that hard to see. It's a weaker conference this year. We've got a softer schedule. And we have the quarterback that the head coach wants to play now and who can actually run the offense. Um, Man, I I thank you, Mitch Trubisky, for a fun ride. It wasn't always fun. Um, uh, We'll call it entertaining. All right. Um, Actually, I don't even know if we'll call it entertaining because there's a lot of boring Sundays. of watching the Bears offense try and move the ball downfield. But anyways. Um, honestly though. Mitch Trubisky. Uh, you know he gave. He gave Bears fans some hope. Um, you take the Patrick Mahomes. And uh, Deshaun Watson. Thing out of the equation. And he actually led the Bears to a 12-4 and record. Which is the second best record. I've ever seen the team finish with. In my lifetime. So um Listen, he he uh he's not who he he is not the quarterback that he should have been when he was taken number 2 overall, but he certainly tried. And he certainly he certainly tried and he was certainly a heck of a leader for these guys and the, the, the cuz the team loved him, man. The, the, these guys rallied behind Mitch every chance they got. But it's time for Nick Foles and it starts this week against the Indianapolis Colts. Oliver Burke who's on this podcast the last time we posted. Huge Colts fan. We've been texting about it all week. Um, he's fairly certain that that Colts defensive line is about to destroy our our offense. I'm not so certain about that, but I'm scared of that defense. That's for sure. And I'm scared of what Jonathan Taylor is going to do to our defense. Um, honestly, I think we might lose this week. But again, again, watch out for the Bears. We're three and zero right now. I don't know if we'll be undefeated come out of this weekend, but it's just it's just that simple. It's not that hard to see a reality in which the Bears are in the postseason this year with an expanded playoff field. That's all I'm saying. So we're gonna bear down in Week Four, see what they can do against the best football team they've played so far in the Indianapolis Colts. I'm looking forward to it. But that's gonna do it for today's podcast. Thank you for tuning in and listening and I hope to have more content up for you soon.